0: When you mix the Word of God into your daily life, you're going to have something worth living for. God will come to you. God will comfort you. God will encourage you. God will strengthen you. God will challenge you to do that which is right. So develop a love for the preaching of God's Word and you will surely find intimacy with God. Last Sunday, we started a a little... Uh, talk on uh, intimacy with God, uh, closeness with God, I suppose we could say. And by quick way of review, we learned that intimacy is the inmost, deepest r- relationship you can have with a friend or with someone. Now, have you ever seen a couple in love? Have you ever been? A couple in love. They sort of float down the avenue, you know? They just kind of walk on a cloud of air together. And they sort of live in their own little world. Their thoughts are toward each other all through the day. And it's, it's quite delightful. Uh, unfortunately, many of us fall off the cloud uh, as time goes on. But um, intimacy in marriage is probably one of the most important keys to a successful marriage. I'd like to suggest not just intimacy, but commitment and intimacy. Almost a hundred years ago, a man wrote a song about commitment and intimacy in marriage. And he wrote this song about uh, a husband and wife going through life together. And uh, over the years, it's really become a classic, a standard. Uh, It's called Side by Side, and I'd like to sing it for you. Uh, If you know it, you can sing along. Can you put the words up there, please? Uh, Ms. Lydia, give me an intro, would you please? Sing it if you know it. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragged and funny, but we're traveling along, singing a song side by side. Through all kinds of weather, and what if the sky should fall? But as long as we're together, it doesn't matter at all. When they've all had their quarrels and parted, we'll be the same as we started, just a traveling along, singing a song, side by side. That's really bringing home now side by side. Thank you Miss Lydia, appreciate that. Records will be available after the service is over. (laughs) That song is a real classic and it really talks about commitment and intimacy and I suggest to you that if you have no commitment you're not going to find much intimacy. But you have the commitment, and you will find the intimacy. We're talking about now our relationship with Almighty God. It involves commitment, and it will pay off in intimacy. If we do it right, if we do it God's way. History, when it comes to marriage, history has shown us that without intimacy, marriages are likely just to fizzle apart. Um, The very best scenario is you end up being two strangers living under one roof. And that's not—that's no way to live. If there's no intimacy between you and God, your Christian life will pretty much fizzle out. The devil will make sure of it. The intimate times that you share with God is what's going to make your Christian life wonderful and meaningful. You have to have intimate times with God. So last Sunday we learned that God really does want to have intimacy with us. Some people don't know that. They think that God's way out there and we're way down here and God's got more important things to do. I'm telling you, you are his important thing and he wants to have intimacy with you. Do you want to have intimacy with God? That's the question, isn't it? Because if you don't want it, well, you're not going to get it. The Lord Jesus, we just read his words, Come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's intimacy right there. I suggest to you that intimate friendship and closeness with God will bring peace to your troubled heart, strength to your soul, wisdom to your mind. I suggest to you that intimate fellowship with God is what is going to make you more like Jesus and less like the world. And that's where you're really going to find the, the payout is as you become more and more like the Lord Jesus. Intimacy with God is what attracts lost people to the Savior. When they see Christ in you and the intimate relationship you have with God. You see, people in, in the world, they, many belong to religions that, that are dead. They have a bunch of do's and don'ts and they try to follow their do's and don'ts as best they can, and I'm sure many of them are very sincere, but they have no intimacy with God. If you went up to them and said, boy, you must enjoy real wonderful times of closeness and intimacy with God, you could almost reach out and touch God. And they'd say, no, what are you talking about? Here's my list of do's and don'ts. That's my religion. That's what I do. Sad, sad way to live, because the one true living almighty God who created heaven and earth and all that is within The one true almighty God before whom we will stand one day regardless of of skin color or regardless of of culture or race or creed or, or language we'll all stand before him one day is the same God who loves us. He sent his son to die for us. He's so anxious to have intimate closeness with his children. That is the truth. Why are we running from it? Why do we ignore it? Well, Last Lord's Day, we examined three places where any Christian can find intimacy with God. Number one was in the prayer closet, when you get alone with God. And I hope that every one of you this past week has taken time every morning to get alone with God. Number two was times of trouble. We looked at the three Hebrew men in Daniel chapter 3. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. And lo and behold, who was there to fellowship with them? the Son of God. You'll find intimacy when you go through times of trouble. And then the third one, I'm not sure if you remember it, but it's times of chastening. Remember we talked about the woodshed? Do You remember that? Well, anyhow, it's up on the website. You can go back online and review it if you like. But there's times when God has to chasten us to help us overcome bad behavior and bad habits and things. And he loves us so much. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Very true. And during those times of chastening, you can find extra tender closeness with God. But, you know, the funny thing, funny, the amazing thing about God is God is always more. You think God is this much. I'll tell you, God is more than that. Well, God is way out there. Yeah. Keep going. God is more. You can find intimacy with God in those three places I mentioned, the prayer closet in times of trouble and times of chastening. But you can find intimacy with God in other places as well. So today we're going to look at three more places that you can find intimacy with God and possibly one or maybe two of these you never thought of. Let's have a word of prayer, and then let's look in the Scriptures. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your desire toward us. You're not some uh, cold, aloof God who creates uh, beings and just wants us uh, so you can walk on us and trample us and wipe your feet on us. Some people think that about you, and that's so far from the truth. You love us dearly, even people who are not living their lives properly living their lives quite worldly or even quite wicked. You still love them. Jesus still died for them. Some people don't know that. Father, thank you for your great love. Teach us how to love you back. Teach us how to find closeness with you. Maybe there's someone here today who's never really experienced what it's like to feel so close to Almighty God. Father, I pray for that one, that today they would find that closeness. They would find it through Jesus Christ. So bless us now together. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. All right, take your Bible, please, and open to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Matthew, chapter 18. So uh, remember last Sunday, we gave you three places you can find intimacy with God, we call it Point one, point two, point three. Well, we're going to pick up where we left off. So, this is going to be point four. Place number four in which you can find intimacy with God. And that's by coming to church faithfully. Faithfully coming to church. Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to look at verse number 20. And I'd like to ask your help. You can keep your seats, but I want you to read it out with me. Verse number 20. All together, let's read now. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So what is Jesus saying? He's talking about Christians coming together. And even if it's just two. Now that's, uh, I guess, the smallest plural number you can find, right? Two or three, Jesus is there. The Lord Jesus is present in his church. That is one reason why some people don't like to come to church because they don't like the feeling of the presence of Jesus. Or if they do go to church, they want it to be some cold place where they can slip in and there's just some kind of cold ceremony. Maybe even some of it's in Latin incantations. And then they leave. They're not interested in feeling close to Almighty God. Our church is not the biggest church. It's not the best church, I'm sure of it. But we are one of his churches. And when we gather together, Jesus is right here in our midst. And you will find intimacy with Jesus if you come to church. But we put a little key word, faithfully. Faithfully. Now that's very important. The idea of fellowship for the Christian should first and foremost be fellowship with God. That's where we find our best fellowship. I know this may sound obvious, but I think it bears repeating. Our first source of fellowship is with God. Our second source of fellowship is with each other. That's how it works. In 1 John 1, verse 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, That ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You will find God in the house of God. Does that make sense? Because it's supposed to be that way. On again, off again, here a little, there a little kind of church attendance will not give you intimacy with God. If you're the kind that just make, you know, guest appearances once in a blue moon to church. We used to, years ago, we used to call people who come twice uh, twice, a, twice a year to church C and E Christians. C and E, Christmas and Easter. They show up Christmas, they show up Easter, but all the other 50 weeks, you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch them dead inside the doors of the church because they don't want to go there. Christians who only make guest appearances will not feel the intimacy with God. You have to be faithful. Can you imagine a husband and wife, and they just make guest appearances at home to see each other once in a while. What kind of intimacy are they going to experience? Well, you know there's not going to be much intimacy, and you know their marriage is going to fizzle. You know that. You have to have the commitment in order to get the intimacy. Hmm? Does that make sense? Because it's very biblical. Back in the Old Testament. The Old Testament saint knew that if he wanted to be near God. There was one place he could go. And that was the temple. Or the tabernacle. As it was previously called. In Psalm 91:1, It says. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwelleth. The word dwell means to stay for a long time. If you have a place you call home. That's a place you'd call your dwelling place because you're there for a long time. Now, maybe it'll be six months, maybe it'll be 60 years, but if it's home for you and that's where you go home the end of the day, that's your dwelling place. The benefit, the payoff comes in the long run when we make investments a little at a time and over the long period. That's when we reap the real rewards of God's goodness as we are faithful In coming to church. That's when we're going to see more and more benefit. And we're going to feel more and more. The fellowship and intimacy with God. So I suggest to you. Make church your dwelling place. Now while it's true. The New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Teaches us that our bodies. The Christian's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's very true. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Praise the Lord for that. The Lord is found amongst his people. Matthew 18, verse 20. We just read it, where two or three are gathered. Well, we have at least that here today. We have a nice full house here in the house of God. We experience God's closeness. So, how important is this church attendance in the eyes of God? I mean, is God really as concerned about church attendance as you make him out to be pastor? Well, I suggest to you he is. Did you know that Jesus died for his church. Did you know that? Ephesians chapter 5 teaches us Jesus died for his church. That's pretty important if you ask me. Did you know that Jesus considers the church to be his body? Did you know that? How important is your body to you? Or can you do without it? Just, you know, be a head laying on the pillow. Look around. You wouldn't even have a neck to move your head. You know, you'd have to have someone come and move your head if all you were was just a head. You need your body. The head and the body, they're, they're meant for each other. What good is a body without a head? What good is a head without a body? Jesus considers himself the head. He considers, himself, uh, he considers us to be his body. That's in Ephesians chapter 1. Jesus considers himself to be the head of his church. That's in Colossians chapter 1. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 13, we find Jesus in the midst of the seven candlesticks. That's a representation of seven churches. He's in the midst of them. The Lord Jesus is sold on the local church. He loves his local church. He considers us his body. He considers himself the head of the body. So I'd say, yeah, God puts a big priority on the church. Fellowship and intimacy with Jesus Christ can be found when we come to church. Now, last week I gave you three places that you can find intimacy with God, and I'm giving you a fourth one right now, and that's coming to church. God delights with great joy to meet his children here at church. Those of you that are grandparents, you know the joy you have to be around your grandchildren. And by the way, if I may say, uh, parents with children, don't keep your children away from the grandparents. That's so important. That's that's God's design. God's design is for the children and the parents and the grandparents and great-grandparents, if we still have them, to be together and to enjoy intimacy together. Make sure you put a priority on being at church. I can't stress this enough. Backsliders and unsaved hypocrites all hate it when someone gets up and talks about church. Be faithful to church. Oh, here we go again. Backsliders and unsaved hypocrites hate that. And they'll often come back with an excuse. I don't have to go to church to have intimacy with God. I can go out in the jungle and have intimacy with God. All right, let's see you. When was the last time you went out to the jungle to have intimacy with God? They never go out to the jungle because they're not interested in intimacy with God. Come to the house of God where God is, you'll find intimacy with God. (laughs) Please don't forsake faithfully coming to God's house on Sundays and Wednesdays. Don't forsake it. Don't skip church. This is what I'm talking about. Don't skip church in order to stay at home and watch the Super Bowl. Don't skip church in order to go to some school function because you're teaching your kids the school is more important than God's church for which he died. Jesus didn't die for the schoolhouse. He died for his church. Think about what it is you're teaching your children. Don't skip church to go to a a movie or a concert. If Taylor Swift comes to town, well, the swifter she goes, the better, you know, if you ask me. Don't forsake, don't skip the house of the Lord in order to go to some other function. Put a priority on what God puts a priority on. Don't skip church in order to take cooking lessons. Many years ago, I I knew someone who skipped church in order to take, let me see if I can get this right, crafting courses. There was some crafting course they wanted to to be involved with. It was on Sunday morning during church time. So they threw church away and they went to this instead. I can guarantee you, you will not win any favor with God doing that. You know, what kind of uh, cost did you pay? I didn't pay any cost. In fact, I threw the church away in order to uh, go, uh, you know, to um, cooking lessons or a craft show or something. Now, if you're sick at home, then that's different. If you're at home sick, tune into our internet broadcast services. If you're going to be away on vacation or if you're going to be away on business, find a good church to attend. If you can't find one, tune into the internet broadcast. That's what they're there for. If you plan on moving away to another city, another planet, you're going to move away. Find a good, independent, fundamental Baptist church to attend. A good one. A place where. Jesus is honored, where the Bible is preached. Make church attendance a priority, and I guarantee you're going to find some intimacy with Jesus Christ. Of course, at church, we have communion. That's the table of the Lord, and that's what we have today, and you'll find intimacy during the communion service. All right, I have to move on quickly. Number five, remember this one was number four, so now number five. You'll find intimacy by listening carefully to the preaching of the Bible. Turn to the right to John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12. In John chapter number 12, I'd like you to read with me one verse. It's a short verse. It's verse number 32. John 12 and 32. And if you have that, would you read that out loud with me now? Here we go. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. You've got a drawing to Jesus, which is uh, intimacy. How does it happen? As we lift up Jesus, we do that in the preaching. We exalt our Lord Jesus. We give him the honor and the glory and all of the credit. We remember him and his great sacrifice for us, his great love for us. As we lift up Jesus, he draws people to himself. We get drawn along. That's intimacy with Jesus. You will find intimacy as you develop a love for the preaching of the word of God. As you listen carefully and love the word of God. Now maybe this is one of those that you never thought of. That you can have intimacy with God through the preaching of his word, but it's true. In fact, turn back a few pages to Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter 24. Don't go too far back. You'll miss it. Luke chapter 24. Here we have the Lord Jesus walking along a road with a couple of disciples and they were on their way to a little town called Emmaus. The Lord Jesus had been crucified, buried, rose again the third day. He's alive. Amen. And he manifested himself with these two disciples as they were walking along, you know, talking about all the things that have been happening in Jerusalem and the crucifixion and so on. There's Jesus. And he sort of hid his true identity from them. They didn't recognize who it was. So look, please. I'll read it. You just follow along. Verse 26. The Lord Jesus says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. That's the Bible. He, Jesus, expounded unto them. That means he preached unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And look at verse 32. Verse 32. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? There's another proof. You get the Bible in there, the preaching of the Bible, and you'll find some intimacy with the Lord. God will start speaking to your heart. If there's one thing the devil hates... He hates the honest preaching of God's word. You say, why does the devil hate it? Because it's through preaching that lost sinners get saved from going to hell. It's through preaching that Christians get strong and get victories over sin and over the world and over Satan. That's why Satan hates these things. If you develop a love for the Bible and the preaching of the Bible, you will find yourself in good company. You say, what kind of company? How about Noah? He's in heaven. You're going to fellowship with him one day. Noah loved God's word. In 2 Peter 2.5, it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. That means that he preached the things of God, the word of God. King David in Psalm 40 verse 9 said, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. King David was a preacher. He loved preaching. His son Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 1 says, The words of the preacher, the son of David. Solomon considered himself a bit of a preacher and he preached the word of God as well. All of the good prophets of the Old Testament uh, were all preachers of the word of God. They were all lovers of the word of God. John the Baptist in Mark chapter 1, it says that John preached saying there cometh one mightier than I. The Lord Jesus himself in the same chapter of Mark says he, Jesus, he preached in uh, the synagogues. The Apostle Peter, the Apostle John, in Acts chapter 4 verse 2 says, They taught the people and preached. And of course the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7 said, Whereunto I am ordained a preacher. You love the preaching of God's word and you are in good company, my friend. Good company indeed. And through the preaching, God will come to you and God will speak to your heart. How do we know this? Well, a couple of ways. Number one, people all over the world feel God talking to their hearts when they hear the Bible preached. Again, that's one reason why some people don't read the Bible is because there's something funny about that book. Whenever I read it, you know, I, I, uh, something you know is telling me, uh, and they just don't read the Bible. That's God speaking to their heart from the living word. If you have uh, a time alone with God, say for the last seven days, a time in the morning where you read the Bible and you pray, you will have felt the still small voice of God speaking to your heart already. What a wonderful thing it is to have intimacy with Almighty God. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You can have it Monday morning, Tuesday morning, any morning, any time of any day. You can have intimacy second way that we know that God's word is alive and gives us intimacy, because in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible itself says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When you mix the word of God into your daily life, you're going to have something worth living for. God will come to you. God will comfort you. God will encourage you. God will strengthen you. God will challenge you to do that which is right. So develop a love for the preaching of God's word and you will surely find intimacy with God. And I want to give you number six. You'll find intimacy with God as you witness for Jesus, as you tell others about Jesus in some way, shape, or form, or fashion. You will experience intimacy with Jesus. Now, if you turn back to Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew 28, and we can see this very plain, very clear. There's intimacy to be had with Jesus when we share Jesus with other people. I hope that you're looking for opportunities to share your faith and share the Lord Jesus with others. Maybe it's someone at work, someone at school, maybe it's someone you meet at the grocery store or the gas station, maybe it's someone who in a restaurant has has waited upon you and You give them a tip and maybe a little gospel tract along with that or something. But I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 28. And I want you to read with me verse 20. So Matthew 28 verse 20. Read it now together with me. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. There's the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am with you all way. There's no S on the end there. Because what it refers to, there's a difference between all way and all ways. All way means all along the way. Your path in life, all along the way. And all ways is just that. All ways. Different ways. So, always. I am with you always. Does your Bible say always? It's supposed to. It should. Always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's a good Bible word. Amen. Say that word with me, would you? Amen. That's a good Bible word. It means so be it. It means truth. It means, yeah, I'll vote for that. It's something good. Amen. Now, here. And maybe this is something you never thought of. I don't know. That you can have fellowship with Jesus, intimacy with Jesus as you share him with others. I want you to notice two little words in this verse. Look at them with me. I'll begin. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo. You see that word? Why don't you underline that little word there? Now, I made a teeny mistake. The other word isn't in verse 20. It's in verse 19. Maybe we should have read verse 19, but I'll read it for you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So the first word is go. You can underline that. The second word is low in verse 20. So you have go and you have low. Go and low. And right there is your intimacy. That's your intimacy. If we go, if we'll do something, give out a gospel tract, invite someone to church, open a spiritual conversation, tell someone that Jesus loves them, listen to what they're going through and tell them, I'll be praying for you. I'm going to talk to Jesus and I'm going to pray for you. You introduce Jesus into the conversation somehow. You are going. And if you do the go, you will have the low. Low, I am with you. You see that? Go low. Now watch carefully. No go, no low. Pretty easy, isn't it? If we go, we'll have the low. Going doesn't mean that you're going to take a portable pulpit and go into the middle of a busy street corner and start preaching Jesus, although that is definitely one way to do it. But go is in a variety of ways. Even if there's someone at school or a next-door neighbor who's lost a loved one and you listen to them for a few minutes and you comfort them and tell them, you know something? Our Lord Jesus gave us some wonderful words about the afterlife and you quote to them, John chapter 14, in my father's house are many mansions. What are you doing? You're bringing Jesus into the conversation. It's part of the go. And as you do it, you're going to feel the low. You're going to feel the presence of Jesus with you. Go and low. Very interesting, I'd I'd say. Jesus will go with us as we take the gospel to lost people. Um... In Luke chapter 14, verse 23, the Lord Jesus put it another way and he said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. The word compel means to show people their need of Jesus and the benefits of being in God's house. That's the idea of compelling them. He said the highways and hedges. Now, what are they? Well, the highways perhaps are the roads along which people live. That would be maybe their homes. Our soul winners here at church faithfully go to people's homes. They ring doorbells and they're looking for spiritual interest. And there are people with spiritual interest in the city of Surrey. We have other people who go faithfully putting gospel tracts in mailboxes. You see, and so this is part of the, the highways. Uh, the hedges, what is that? Well, a hedge might be some place where people hide. We could say they're hangouts. They're hangouts, and this might include parks, it might include public places, it might include uh, clubs or groups or functions or things like that. It does not mean the casinos. It does not mean we're to go to the strip bars and start handing out gospel tracts. It does not mean that kind of thing. Rather, we are to go to parks, public places, get involved with some sort of a a club or some sports club or group or something, and we associate with people and we look for people that have a spiritual hunger. We go to the highways and hedges and we compel them. We give them reasons why they should consider Jesus, why the benefits of coming to church. You know, there's something thrilling about opening a spiritual conversation with someone. I did it just yesterday with an unsaved man and I was able to Bring the Lord into the conversation. You say, well, what happened? Well, I sowed a seed is what I did. But what a thrill, what an intimacy I felt with the Lord as I did it. And it's always that way. Go, you have the go, you, have, you get the low. No go, no low. I've noticed that when Christians get involved with regular soul winning, even if it's just putting gospel tracts in mailboxes week by week, what happens? They grow. They grow spiritually. I suppose there's another word we could throw in. Go, low, grow. They grow. I've seen it over the years. Christians who get involved, they seem to just double and triple up in their spiritual growth. That doesn't mean they have all of the Bible memorized, but they're growing in Christ. That's a wonderful thing and something we should all be doing. The greatest business in the entire world is not Google or Facebook. It's the gospel business. And as Christians get involved in God's business, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost make their fellowship with Him. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Go and lo. Back in the 1800s, there was a Christian girl who wanted to do something for God. She loved God with all her heart and she wanted to serve God and do something, but there wasn't much she was able to do. However, she did have a talent for writing poetry. And so this young girl decided she would use her talent for God by trying to write hymns, Christian hymns. And so she began, but she soon discovered that in order to write a good hymn, she'd have to spend more time alone with God in her prayer closet. So this began a brand new relationship in her walk with Jesus. And she'd get alone there with Jesus every day, faithful with Jesus. Jesus brought her into a whole new level of intimacy with himself. And from these prayer closet experiences, she was able to start writing some of the greatest hymns that you've ever heard. In fact, throughout her life, she wrote over 8,000 hymns. She once said that it seems as if the gates of heaven were opened and she saw things too wonderful to describe. Now this is even more amazing when you learn that this lady was 100% blind since birth. Her name, Fanny Crosby. Her intimacy with God has blessed millions and millions of people around the world through her hymns. She's the one who wrote, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. She's the one who wrote, To God be the glory, great things he hath done. Fanny was the one who wrote, Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. She was the one who wrote, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. What a wonderful lady. She is because she's in heaven. And she can see. On earth, she wanted to be used of God. She wanted to serve God. Would you like to be used of God here on this earth while you live? Would you like to make sure your life counts for something, for God? Anyone can go get a job, work at the factory, work for the company, work in a cubicle, work at home. Anyone can do that. Anyone can earn a wage. Anyone can make payments and, and, and rent an apartment or maybe even buy a house or buy a car or something. It's not that hard. Anyone can do that. But what does that mean in the light of eternity? When Jesus calls you home, you're not going to take your car with you. You can't take your your home with you or any equity you've built up in your home. You've got to leave it all behind. There's no rewards in heaven for having bought a car or made mortgage payments. There's no rewards at all in heaven for having bought some nice clothes or made insurance payments or any of these things we call life. But there are Christian men and women who have learned how to use their lives for God. And they're not flashy people, you know, that are up on rock stage concerts. They're just normal, everyday men and women that love the Lord, but they're faithful. You see, they've made a commitment to the Lord, and they're enjoying intimacy side by side with Jesus. Is that something you want? Because there's nothing stopping you from it. You can double, triple, quadruple your intimacy with the Lord Jesus starting today if you will make that commitment from your heart. Lord Jesus, I want you to be king of my heart. I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. If you'll do a, that today if you'll make a commitment to your savior today you can begin to enjoy incredible intimacy this coming week can be an incredibly good week for you in closeness and just a closer walk with thee if you'll do it from your heart give you that opportunity now would you bow your head and close your eyes thank you for watching the message today